It's time for JT the Brick. The Raiders need a wake-up call right now. If you don't progress and get better, they will cut you or trade you. You don't throw the ball out of bounds when you're down eight. There is no excuse for that. Everybody knows that my philosophy is to play faster. Don't huddle up when you don't need to huddle up. Make the play simpler. Run simpler plays and run them faster. Run them until you're blue in the face and don't leave practice until the janitor says we're closing the lights out. You guys got to go home. We're going to run it. We're going to run it. We're going to run it. Give the ball to Devontae, Jacoby, and Hunter and Michael Mayer. I don't care who the sixth receiver is. JT the Brick. Too many people are getting comfortable. Smarter, faster, more explosive players who are disruptors. Everything that you could read that was negative and wasn't positive in this game, I gave you in the first five minutes of the show, and I do it five days a week on my radio show. There's no sugarcoating here. You're a Raider fan. Act like it. Get behind the team. And now, uh oh, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, we begin today on the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio. Hopefully a busy, busy show today. We got a couple of good insiders. Vinny Bonsignor will join us. Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5 is going to jump in. Uh, We're putting the show together as we speak, trying to get people who know about the Raiders and are ready to talk about the Bears. Tomorrow I have a couple of Bears insiders who I'm trying to fit in here. Off on Friday. Friday I'm flying with the team to Chicago. I'm back on the road. First road game since I did the preseason games. A radio play-by-play back on the road for this one. Excited to hit the road with the Raider Nation. Chicago, hope it's another win. They've won two in a row. We're looking for three in a row. Looking to get to four and three and be right in the hunt. The hunt of what? Well, the hunt of everybody else. No one else is doing really good this year. There's no teams running away. There's no undefeated teams. There's not a lot going on this year. To be four and three would put the Raiders in a really unique and solid position here. Plenty of football left. A lot of changes. The trade deadline right around the corner. But I think to stabilize the schedule, you got to get this one. We talked about the three. To get three out of four, because it doesn't seem like a lot of people are comfortable saying the Raiders can beat Detroit. I'm like, who the hell's Detroit? They sucked our entire life, and now we're supposed to be afraid of Detroit? Like Detroit is something? They haven't had a Monday night home game in like 100 years, and we're going in there, and everyone's like, oh, Detroit's going to be a tough— What what are you talking about? Detroit's never been good. So they're playing well now. They're beatable. Raiders play well. They'll beat them. Nothing to add on Jimmy G. We'll get to the coach. We're going to play a few minutes of that coming up, and then we're going to spend a lot of time talking about how to win this game. With the idea, because Coach said, as you'll hear, no update on Jimmy Garoppolo. None. Well, we got to do a radio show. We got a job to do, so now I have to pivot, and I have to figure out who's going to play quarterback from your perspective in this game, which I really think is a big call to action now, because I represent both camps of fans who say, we got Aiden O'Connell, fourth-round pick. He's pretty good. Let's see what he can do. And then we have other ones who are saying, no, 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 no. We got to win this game, and Hoyer gives us the best chance to win. I'm in that camp. I want to win the game. I I think uh, Aiden throws a nice deep ball. If he gets to play, we'll get behind him. We'll root for him. But I think most people would say, go with Hoyer. He played well in the last game. And if Hoyer came up in the last game and stunk up the joint and didn't throw that 48-yard deep ball to Trey Tucker and didn't have a couple of good passes, I'd be with you. I'd be like, Hoyer got a chance. He didn't do well. No, he did well. He deserves to play, and he's getting a lot of money, man, as a backup quarterback. So I'll throw that out here in the open because as of now, it doesn't look like Jimmy will play. 
but we'll be encouraged that that could change and he can play if the good news comes in. So jump on in on that topic whenever you want, 702-365-9200. I often tell you I don't look at stats until after week four because I don't. I don't think the stats matter. I think that's their trends. Now these stats matter. So I'm going to start on the Raiders' defense, which is, you know, nice defense this year so far. They're only giving up 21.8 a game. They've given up 1,892 yards. The only defenses that have been better than the Raiders this year, yards, how many yards have you given up? And these are the teams that have played six games, not five, because Cleveland's only given up 1,000 yards after five games. They had a bye week. Cleveland's got the best defense in football, but the teams that have played six games, such as the Raiders, here's who's ahead of your Las Vegas Raiders. New England, Philadelphia, Dallas, Detroit, Kansas City, New Orleans, Atlanta, San Francisco, and Baltimore. It's all some pretty good defenses ahead of the Raiders. We knew San Francisco would be really good. New Orleans always has a very good defense. Kansas City, the reigning Super Bowl champs. Dallas's defense is strong. Man, they got pro bowlers everywhere. And Bill Belichick in New Orleans usually always has a pretty good defense. Well, one of the stats that I'm looking at now is points. Because I think points per game is a very important statistic in the NFL with your defense. How many points do they give up? Raiders are kind of in the middle of the pack at 21.8. There are seven teams, seven teams that are giving up 17 points or less. That would be Dallas at 16.7, New Orleans at 16, Cleveland 15.4, Baltimore 15.2. And then under 15 points a game on a defense is a great stat. It includes Buffalo, Kansas City, and San Francisco. So you'd like to get under 20 to be average. You'd love to get under 18 to be good. And the Raiders are sitting there at 21.8, which is okay, which is better than I thought it would actually be. So I'm pretty happy about that. So the Raiders' defense, when it comes to passing yards per game and rushing yards per game, Raiders are one of those teams now that they, they have a bit of an identity, which is nice. Uh, They're giving up 193 in the air, and they're giving up 121 on the ground, which is a bit high. So they got to do a better job at stopping the run, and I think we're going to see that with the Bears coming up here. So I just gave you the stats for the Raiders, the good and the average. It's not the good and the bad and the ugly, which is what I wanted to bring up here in the monologue brought to you by PT's Best Happy Hour in Town. 5 to 7, midnight to 2, wherever you go in the Valley, 65-plus taverns and growing. Also a proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. Best place in town to watch hockey, I think, is PT's. They're a proud partner. So the Raider defense led by Patrick Graham is average to above average, and that's better than average to below average. And I don't know anybody who listens to this show Anybody who called me before the season and said this would be average to above average. Sky was falling every day in the summertime. People beat me up left and right. I had to come up with the all-time Raider team, the all-time Raider wide receivers because everyone was so negative. Now I got something positive with the defense, and it seems like they're getting more comfortable, and they're playing together. They're lined up correctly. They're running to the ball. They're not perfect. Marcus Peters is not the player I thought he'd be. I thought he'd be a little bit better. Tyree Wilson is not the player I thought he would be. Everybody seems to think he's got plenty of time to get good, which I guess he does. I guess he does. He's only played six games. I'd like to see him be a little bit better, more of a havoc 
guy breaking up passes and doing everything. I like the play of Robert Spillane. Raise your hand and beep your horn if you like Robert Spillane this year. I think he's playing well, along with Divine Diablo. And I'm really happy with the safeties. I think Trayvon Merrig was the player that I put the most pressure on on the radio, saying this is his last year. If he doesn't play better and he just kind of stands around out there and never catches the ball, let's move on from him. No way. He, he's playing himself into a long-term player with the Raiders as of today. And the interior pass rush, Bilal Nichols, and the way he played in that last game with Max on that final half sack each. I'm happy with them. I think they're getting better. So the Raider defense is the talk of the town because they're going up against Tyson Bajant, who no one seems to see anything on. If you look online, and I'll retweet some of them, there's some tweets out there about the Bears' offensive line. It looks like Keystone Cops. They don't even know who to block. Like there's guys coming at the Bears, and they're not even picking them up. They're not even picking them up. They're like, Two guys are going after one, and then there's an alleyway with some guy coming through and no bears even picked him up. Can we get that for another week, please? Can we get the Keystone Cops of Chicago just running around not knowing what they're doing? Because the Raider defense needs to hunt in this game because I think Badgett's the type of player that's going to turn it over if you put a lot of pressure on him. Or they might just want to hand off the ball and tell these offensive linemen, here's what I think is going to happen. You're going to tell these offensive linemen on Chicago, you, you pretty much all stink. So we're not going to let you pass protect Max Crosby. You're not good enough. So we're just going to run the ball at Max Crosby. We're going to go two-on-one against Max. We're going to go jumbo. And we're going to try to get to third and four and maybe pass it or have our quarterback run. That's your game plan. Put me on the staff. I'm watching the film, seeing everything, studying it. I think what they're going to do is run it, try to kill the clock, and then on third down, tell the quarterback to run. Just run. Go in the shotgun, fake a pass, and just run to the right, get upfield, and get six, seven yards. We'll move the chains. That's what I think the offense is going to try to do there or get it to DJ Moore, who's a great wide receiver. He's having a big year. And they're going to try to get him the ball and hope that he can do some things here. The Bears are a mess overall. They're giving up 29.3 a game. Raiders, again, remember I told you the Raiders giving up 21.8. Bears near the bottom at 29.3. So they're not very good, but the Bears only give up 89 yards a game rushing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We don't run it well. We don't run it well. We haven't run it well yet. We don't run the ball all of a sudden. We had the leading rusher, and we, we ran it 33 times last week and barely moved the pile. What the hell's going on out there? These guys give up 89 a game. They're not Torah Torah, Touche. Come on down. They're going to make it tough. The key is... They give up 267 in the air. So our quarterbacks better, better be ready to go. Raiders give up less than 195 in the air. The Bears, one of the worst passing defenses in football. I'm not smart. I'm not a math guy, but I think we got to throw it on them because they don't defend the pass and they defend the run. And we don't run it well. I don't think we pass it great, but we have, an, we have a lethal group of weapons our lethal weapons have got to have a good game. Everybody's worried about Devontae. Everybody stops. I know a chef who's best friends with him. I know a caddy who's best friends with him. How's Devontae? He's great. He loves it here. Now everybody rumors on the internet he hates cities. He didn't take a shower. He left the game. He didn't talk to anybody. That's what, that's what we're dealing with, TMZ. Everybody's now actually looking to see if Devontae took a shower. Or Devontae talked to someone. Or maybe Devontae, what did he look like after the game? 
Everybody, the TMZification of sports. We all have to bleep and gossip about everybody. Guy can't just go to the locker room, take a shower, leave out the back, and not talk to anybody. No, 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 no. If he did, he must be mad. Well, they got video of him walking off the field saying, great win, we won, let's keep it up. And then it comes to Jacoby Myers. He's playing a very high level. Love the way Jacoby's playing. Hunter Renfro, if I would have to bet if he's going to be here, I would bet no. He, he doesn't even touch the football. Doesn't even touch the football at all. Doesn't mean he's a bad guy. Doesn't mean he can't play here. Doesn't mean he can play somewhere else. I, I just don't know what they want to do with Hunter Renfro. I'm not in the meetings. I hope he stays and has a breakout second half of the year. But he ain't getting 103 receptions, I can tell you that, in this system. Just not going to happen. And then Michael Mayer, who we spent a lot of time talking about yesterday on Raiders Roundtable. Man, they're feeding that guy, and he loves it. After the game, he was on Raiders game day with Amber Theo Harris, James Jones, and my partner Eric Allen. They interviewed him outside the locker room. I I thought it was a 20-year vet who was actually an NFL analyst. He was great. He was fantastic. Talking about how he's learning the offense more, that everyone's more comfortable with him. So I think that's one guy going into the game that Brian Hoyer, if he ends up playing, or Aiden O'Connell or Jimmy G, should keep giving him. Oh, and one other point I wanted to make, very important point, going back and watching the game with my son. Jimmy G played well in that game until he got hurt. That was a good Jimmy G game brewing. Remember the interception, Devontae got blown up. Right? Was that on Devontae? If Devontae would have caught it and went down, he got blown up. Jimmy G didn't throw an interception. He threw it to Devontae, who caught it, went two feet and got blown up. I thought Jimmy was having a decent game. The, the touchdown to Jacoby Myers was beautiful. It was vintage Jimmy G. Clean pocket, stepped up, threw a bullet wide open, just like he did with the 49ers. So what do you think, everybody? Where do you want to go? Do you want to go run the ball? Do you want to go throw the ball? That's the show today. That's all I got. I think it's a pretty good show. How are we going to beat the Bears? We've got to beat the Bears. Cannot come back. Cannot come back with a loss to the Chicago Bears. The Bears are awful. Awful. The, uh, the Chicago media is running them out of town. They have really nothing to play for. If the draft was today, they'd have the first and second pick in the draft. Can you believe that? If the draft was today, they'd have the first and second pick in the draft. Why the hell would they want to beat the Raiders? They get the first two picks in the draft. Caleb Williams, Drake May. You can get the best defensive player. So I don't know. They have nothing to play for other than pride. Let's get that out of the way. Chicago has nothing to play for. The fans are running them out of town. The media is running them out of town. No one thinks they're any good. They're not going to the playoffs, so what the hell are they playing for? The coach is probably going to get fired, even though our coach thinks this guy's a really good coach, and he's right on the defensive side of the ball. So I want you to hear, this is just a few minutes of it, of Josh McDaniels today. And before I play it, I want to tell you, I don't know how many coaches I've worked for. It's been double digits, 25 years here with the team. This guy is the number one coach that I've worked with knowing the opponent. And it's a close second. Gruden was fantastic. Fantastic. Basaccia was a good coach, but Basaccia didn't dive in, dive into the other secondary. He's a special teams coach who was really good at getting the players going. Really good coach. All the guys I've worked with, North Turner, Art Shell, all the ones that I've had the pleasure, Dennis Allen, of sitting across from, no one knows the other team like Josh McDaniels. But you don't seem to care about that. You just care about all the all the noise. Listen to this guy over two and a half minutes describe the opponent when his job is to get his team ready. All right, so we're knee-deep into the Bears. Um, this is 
you know, obviously a team that we don't know very well, haven't played them uh, a whole lot. Um, and really, uh, I'd say a totally different style of football than what we what we played the last, I mean, last few weeks for sure. Um, you know, just in terms of schematically, the way they deal with it, um, their personnel, I'd say the challenges that they present in all three phases are different. Um, it's a team that's, you know, um, this is an explosive team um, starting at a kicking game. I mean, the returner um, that they, you know, basically in a top 10, top five in every category last year, created turnovers. Kickoff returner is really good, big, strong, fast. Um, same thing at the punt returner. The kicker is obviously exceptional. Um, you know, they've only teamed the lead to block two field goals this year. So, uh, they, you know, they present a lot of challenges in that regard. They're very well coached and they're physical. Um, which stands out in every unit uh, defensively, you know, lead the league in negative runs. Um, have always, Coach Eberflus has always done a great job of um, going after the football, trying to create takeaways and turnovers. And when they've done that, obviously that's been, um, you know, a big precursor for victories for them uh, throughout his coaching career. Um, but you can see the effort and the attempts at the ball, um, the way they play. Uh, it kind of lends itself to um, creating turnovers if you're not careful with the football or you don't take good care of it if you have it. So um, defensive front's very disruptive, play a lot of players, um, some of which we're familiar with that were here before, Andrew, Yannick. I mean, they have some guys that are uh, – Jones is, I'd say, one of the best you know, defensive linemen that we're going to see uh, the entire year. Um, you know, linebackers, uh, rangy, big, good blitzers. Um, Jackson obviously is, you know, he's found the end zone on defense more than any player since he's been in the league. So very opportunistic, create a lot of long yarded situations. Um, I think Matt's as good a defensive coach. Um, he's right up there with all the rest of them uh, that are that good. I mean, he challenges you a number of different ways. And then offensively, I mean, you know, led the league in rushing last year. Um, really same picking up where they left off in that regard. Um, running backs are all big, all hard to tackle, make a ton of yards after contact. So tackling will be important this week. Um, more, uh, you know, is top of every category, basically in the league, yards per catch, contested catches. Um, you know, he's hard to tackle when he has the ball in his hand. So uh, they get the tight ends involved. They got, you know, other skilled players that they throw it to. And uh, obviously fields, um, you know, and understand the report, you know, may or may not go. But, you know, obviously a versatile guy can hurt you with his arm, can hurt you with his legs. Um, and then the young kid, when he came in last week, you know, very much the same thing. Like he understands the game plan. He can do things with his legs as well, too. So we've seen a lot of film on him. So, um, you know, explosive team in all three areas, you know, all three phases. We've got to do a good job of understanding who we're playing against and uh, where they're at and, you know, how they win, you know, and how they make big plays because that's obviously going to be a big factor um, on Sunday. <clears throat> that's really good. I don't care if you like the coach or not. That's really good. That's three minutes of him going offense, defense, special teams, knowing every player. That's hard to do because that's what he's been known to do. He started off his career on defense. He's won six Super Bowls as an offensive coach. He's coached more games than any other coach because he's coaching in the playoffs and the Super Bowl and Super Bowl bye weeks and more film study and all that. He knows the opponent. The problem's been execution. He says it every week. What, what's going on, Coach? Why why can't we score? Why one for six in the red zone? And that's fair criticism. And he gets it on this show. He gets fair criticism with respect. But the guy knows everybody. 
inside and out. He is immersed as a head coach when it comes to the other opponent, personnel, what are they going to do? And now then he brings in Patrick Graham. He brings in his other coaches, and they try to put a game plan together. And the game plan for this week, he's concerned with special teams. He's concerned. So big takeaway before we get to the calls. Kick it out of bounds. Kick it deep. Kick it through the end zone. Don't give this team that has nothing to play for an opportunity for the special teams to put themselves on tape and go to another team. Take that out of the game. Got A.J. Cole, Carlson, don't let him touch the ball. And then the way they stop the run and the way they want to run the ball, and we don't know much about the kid who's going to quarterback for them. But it doesn't seem like he's a kid that's going to come in and light it up with the way the Raiders are playing defense. So that's what we're doing. We're installing the game plan today. Uh, The fans are very, very critical of the game after the game. I host the post-game show. Everybody's critical. Well, I'm giving you an opportunity before the game to tell me what you think. Because y'all are really good at criticizing everybody after the fact. So it's Wednesday. I'm putting in the game plan. What do you got? All the Twitter keyboard warriors, everybody else out there, what do you got? You want to run the ball? You want to throw the ball? You're going to tackle well? You're going to, how are we going to win this game? I'm going to be there. I want to win this game for a number of reasons. I'm going to be there. Let's go. Chris in West Oakland, we get him again this week. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, my friend. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, the offense of what I think they need to do this week uh, in a minute. I want to a couple quick things about the defense. Look, I'm not going to be critical, but I'm also – I watch the game with a little different eye than most people. I'm not one of these people that's jumping for joy. JT, after we lost three straight to Buffalo, the Chargers, and and the Steelers, everybody said it was the same thing. Same old defense, can't stop the pass, can't get off the field on third down, can't turn the ball over. Then all of a sudden we played two pathetic offenses and people are talking about how what a strength this defense is. The defense has been good against really bad offenses. I give Trayvon Merrick credit for one thing, JT. He's catching the ball. Now, both of those interceptions, he was 10 yards behind the play, and the throws were so bad, a drunk in the parking lot, you know, tailgate before the game should have been able to make those catches. But those are balls he's historically dropped. I've given him credit. But in the Pittsburgh game and the Charger game, twice he had a chance to make interceptions in the end zone that would have stopped points and maybe been able to win those games, and it went right through his hands. In no way do I think Trayvon Merrick is playing his way into a long-term standing. Again, the schedule is the biggest help to the Raiders right now. They're not just playing mediocre offenses. They're playing awful offenses. I still think the only player on the defense is Crosby. Ooh, we're losing you, Chris. We're losing Chris. Uh, yeah, you're coming, you're coming out of a dead spot here, I think. You just mentioned Max Crosby. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, I say the only guy on the defense that other teams have to game plan and be fearful of is Max Crosby. But the schedule right now, it is who it is. You can only play who's in front of you. I don't believe the Raiders need to go out right now and score 25 or 30 points to win because other than the Lions, who will put up points despite you know their history, after, after the Bears, you got the Giants and the Jets. Horrible offenses. We need to get our – so let's we'll segue into the offense, J.T., Number one this week, I want to see Hoyer start if Jimmy G can't go. Aiden O'Connell proved in the Charger game he's not ready. And, again, the schedule and the standings are a big in play here. 
three and three is different than one and five. The Raiders are right in the middle for a wild card spot if they can take care of business. I believe Hoyer gives them a much better chance to win on the road. I believe the Bears' offense is so bad. All Hoyer's got to do is protect the ball, make a couple of plays, and they'll come out of Chicago with a win. So, but that being said, JT, after we get through these sets of games, this team is going to go as far as you've said. Jimmy G's going to have to take it, and this offense is going to have to get cranking. Because when we start playing the Chiefs, the Dolphins, hell, even teams like Minnesota, you're not going to win those games 17-13. This offense is going to have to go out and score 25 to 30 points. I don't believe that's going to happen with Hoyer or O'Connell. So it's imperative to be healthy. And I don't know what the solution is. That's above my pay grade. But it's up to Coach McDaniels to get Jimmy G looking down the field more, creating some more uh, explosive plays and being more creative and attacking the end zone in the red zone. I'm tired of a run up the middle, two swing passes, or a, and a pat, you know, first and goal inside the 10, and the ball never once goes inside the end zone, and we're scratching our head why we're kicking mm-hmm. field goals. So I believe going forward, that's what this team needs to do. Again, I don't believe the Bears' offense is good enough to score more than – more than 14 to 17 points if the Raiders don't help them out this week. But that being said, this offense has got to figure some things out because this stretch of schedule is not going to last forever, and they're going to have to start putting some points on boards to win the game because while this defense may be improved, it's not the kind of defense that you're going to ride their coattails all the way to a wild-card berth. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Chris. I agree with you. The schedule is helpful for the Raiders. And at some point, the Raiders are going to have to play explosive football and get Jimmy G right. I don't know how you fix Jimmy G. I didn't think he needed to be fixed. I didn't think he did. I thought he was going to come in here and play really well. And I thought the last game before he got injured and left to go to the hospital with the back, he was playing okay. I thought Jimmy was playing possibly his best game and would have played better and better against New England late in the game. Now I hope he can play in Chicago. If he can go, he's got to go if he can go. And if he can't go, he's got to be ready for Detroit, and that's going to be a really tough test. Uh, One more thing I want to get into the monologue. Former Raider Chandler Jones was arrested for a second time in less than three weeks for allegedly violating a domestic violence protection order, according to the Clark County Detention Center. A court document showed Jones was arrested Tuesday, October 17th, and is facing one misdemeanor count for violating a domestic violence temporary protection order. And as a previous arrest, that was September 29th, he was charged with two counts. So we haven't talked much about Chandler on the show. We wish him well. We hope he can get his life back together. But it is breaking Vegas news, and we have to put that into the show as we open up. Uh, 702-365-9200. We moved our alumni segment uh, this week. We had to move it back for alumni who had to reschedule. So I have an open line for you. We're looking for the game plan here. Chris said Brian Hoyer. I say Brian Hoyer. What say you? Bobby's saying Brian Hoyer. But a lot of fans want Aiden O'Connell from what I see on social media. Until we get clearance on Jimmy G's availability to play or not, we have to pivot to the backup quarterback. That is the key to this game. Chicago is putting out a backup quarterback. The Raiders are. The Raiders have to match and play better at the quarterback position if they're going to win this game. We're brought to you by La Casa Cigars, Tivoli Village. Mike's got a beautiful venue, live music, fabulous for Thursday night football. Mike's actually in the Dominicana getting more cigars to bring back here on top of that. But I love going there. It's comfortable. Great place to have a cigar. Sit outside. Live music, a beautiful view, and What's nicer than Tivoli Village at night this time of year? Let's get the show moving.
I thought as we're getting ready for Chicago, obviously we got to take into account everybody. And just watching the tape, I thought, you know, made good decisions in the passing game, got rid of the ball pretty quickly, uh, strong arm, uh, had mobile in the pocket and can make some plays with his feet. But really, really solid young player. And, you know, if, it, if it's his chance to get up there and take the opportunity, I'm sure he's going to seize it and we'll have to be prepared for that. All right, that's Patrick Graham as we're trying to talk about Tyson Bagent and what they have to face. Look, Justin Fields would have been the same thing. Justin, The Bears are terrible this year, but Justin Fields is probably a lot better than Tyson Bajan, who's undrafted and played Division II, but he did have the most touchdowns in the history of college football. That jumped out at me in a big way. That jumped out at me and said, wait a second. I don't care if he played Division II or not or a small school, big school. He had the most touchdowns in the history of college football. That's because the guy's doing something, and he's doing something right. So he's able to make get outside the pocket, move, move his legs, and throw on the run, and the Raiders will have to go up against him. 702-365-9200. The station sounds like we're 1-5, and five and they're 3-3. Three and three. Let's wake this place up. We've got the Bears coming in, one of the most historic, greatest franchises of all time. Also, Dick Butkus just passed away. First time I'll be back in Chicago since the late, great Dick Butkus was an icon there, still an icon there, but he passed away recently. That's a big deal. I've had a lot of good times with Coach Ditka, and a couple of years ago, I think I've shared this story if you didn't hear it, uh, for the last seven years, I've been the MC of Gridiron Greats, and we switch off every year. It's either Vegas or Chicago. And uh, two years ago, we were there, and we were inducting a whole bunch of legends, and Brian Urlacher was there because he was going to take over for Coach Ditka. And Coach Dicka clearly wasn't in a good place. He lost a lot of weight. He didn't look healthy. And I had a chance kind of to say goodbye to him because I didn't think I'd see him again. And Coach Ditka hasn't been out in public since, hasn't been around. And he's still with us, and we hope he's doing great. And when we used to go on this trip, the last two times I've went on this trip, we'd go to lunch and, or dinner at Coach Ditka's restaurant. And he would come out. He, we'd only go because he was there. We were able to text him and say, Coach, can we come by? He'd say, well, I'm not going to be there till tonight. And my wife and I would go, and we'd have a chance to spend time in the kitchen in his office with Mike Ditka. I mean, a really big deal for me. Uh, no relation to the Raiders, but he would come at Gridiron Greats. And one time Mark Davis was there, our former president, Mark Bedane, a whole bunch of people. And Mark Davis gave a check, a big check. I think it was twenty five grand, twenty twenty five grand. And Coach Ditka stood up there and said, He's a Raider. Coach Dicka said, I'm a Raider. And he mentioned the fact that the Bears didn't give anything to this charity, Gridiron Greats, which is based in Chicago, like a, like a signed helmet. And Mark Davis comes in and gives 20 grand to the fallen players who need medical attention. And Coach Ditka, what he said about Mark and the Raiders and Al, Mr. Davis, and about the Raiders and how they took care of their players and what he recalled, really special. So I miss Coach Ditka. I don't think I'll see him on this trip. But he had a big impact on my life because he treated me like someone he knew. And that's all you can ask. So I'm going to hopefully bump into a couple of friends while I'm out there again. If you're going out there, let me know. And it looks like my wife and I are going to go see the Golden Knights on Saturday night. Uh, The issue becomes that it's the home opener for the Chicago Blackhawks with Connor Bedard playing his first ever game. Makes the ticket a little bit more difficult But we're going to try to get over there and see VGK as VGK is playing pretty well undefeated out of the gate. We'll get to some of their highlights a little bit later on. 702-365-9200.
Brought to you by Tequila Commissario, the award-winning tequila. Gold medal, platinum, smooth. It's got this unique taste. The reserve is the best tequila I've ever had. I'm not a tequila connoisseur, but for those who are, uh, does better than Casamigos and all these other companies when they're in blind taste test. Uh, go check out Tequila Commissario. So let's hear from Patrick Graham on the big defensive plays late in the game. They just ended a game with what I thought was the signature play of the year as he dialed it up. Biggest thing for defense, we just got to keep them scoring points, <laughs> less points than the offense. So, you know, as it pertains to this week, it's, it's going to be the same plan, you know, and the guys go out there with, they never really blink in terms of their energy level, in terms of just going out there great, ready to play defense, and they've done a solid job at times, and, and we're just working, like any other defense in the league, just working hard to be good in situational football and try to take away their top players and minimize the points. Nice clue there, what he just said about taking away the top players. That's really what you hear from all defensive coordinators. I think the greatest of all time was Bill Belichick, or near the top of the list, of taking away the greatest player. That's always been the scheme of the New England Patriots. Patrick Graham has worked for a number of teams, and I think he has that same philosophy. Let's find DJ Moore. He's their best player. Let's try to slow him down and then do our do the best from there. The best player is DJ Moore. He's a wide receiver who goes deep. He goes deep often. He comes back to the ball. Very good player. Now, Patrick Graham talked about the scheme with the players that he has. As I told you yesterday, I still believe Dave Ziggler is a year away of another defensive draft and another offseason of free agency, so they fill up all the holes, but Patrick Graham's doing the best with what he's got. More importantly, learn to listen. Josh is a great mentor, great leader for us, for me especially, and had been around him uh, for a number of years uh, in the past, and he gave me this opportunity. You just got to be able to listen. And I think most of the good leaders I've been around, they're really good listeners. And whatever adjustments we make throughout schematically or whatever it may be, you got to be able to listen and then just be able to look at it, watch the tape, evaluate, figure out what group you have and, and build it around there. But you can't be stubborn. I know that. It's all about evolving throughout the season, less about creation, more about evolving throughout the season. And that comes from listening. I believe that the fair criticism of the Raiders' defense until last week was the interior defensive line and what they're doing there up front. And that's really important because Bilal Nichols now has emerged. He's playing better. He's getting better grades from PFF. He had that play at the end of the game along with a couple of more with Max Crosby. How has Coach Graham seen the improvement? Bilal was a productive player before he got here, and he's had success in the league uh, for the bulk of his career. The main thing is just, you know, playing hard like he's always done and playing with his hands like most interior defensive linemen. That's what you're looking for and that strain that's required. And, again, obviously as the season goes on, it usually gets better because they haven't really done anything really football-wise for them in the offseason. You know, it's just it's just a different part of the season when you're in the uh, – you know, spring uh, training camp, you start to, you know, start to look like real football. And then you get into the uh, first part of the season, they start to get more comfortable. But it all comes from hard work. Whatever he's getting out there on the field is because he earned it. And I couldn't be happier with his, his work ethic. Yeah, that work ethic's a big part of what they're doing here with this coaching staff. You know, reportedly, everything from what I see when I'm in the building is you can earn your way onto this team from the practice squad or get more reps if you play better. We saw that with Amik Robertson, and we're seeing that with the defensive interior pass rush. I'm just concerned about a couple of the young players that they have drafted interiorly who haven't worked out yet. You know, Byron Young, where is he? 
where's the play on the outside of Tyree Wilson? Patrick Graham was asked about that yesterday. He's got plenty of time to grow into his career, but the Raiders need him now going into Chicago to have an impact game. I've been encouraged from day one in terms of his work ethic. He works hard. He's improving every day, and he's a pleasure to be around. All right, so that's all we're getting on Tyree Wilson. He's good. He works hard. He's a pleasure to be around. All true. Will he show up against the Bears? Can Max Crosby count on him on the other side to wreak some havoc so Max doesn't have to go from his position all the way down the line to Tyree's to make the tackle? It's time for Tyree to blow up and have a big game. This would be the game to do it. I mean, you're facing a Division II quarterback, man. Come on. You're facing a Division II quarterback. Everybody on defense has got to be licking their chops and really having a good time. Uh, The NFL came out with their AFC and NFC Offensive Players of the Week. In the AFC, the Offensive Player of the Week was Raheem Mosert, the running back who did a nice job with Miami, 132 scrimmage yards. Most scrimmage TDs in Week 6. Sixth player with 11 plus TDs in the team's first six games of a season. He's having a hell of a year. I didn't realize how good he's playing. Blake Cashman of the Houston Texans, the linebacker, was the defensive player of the week, and he's having a really good – he had 15 tackles. 15! Two tackles for a loss, really good, and special teams was Dustin Hopkins. He's the kicker for Cleveland. In the NFC, guy was making a run at the MVP of the year. Jared Goff. We face him in a week, a little over a week on Monday Night Football. 353 passing yards, two touchdowns. He had a quarterback rating of 107 So Jared Goff, Offensive Player of the Week in the NFC. Linebacker Jordan Hicks on defense for the Minnesota Vikings. And Jamison Crowder, the punt returner for Washington. I bring this up and I make you aware of it because we're going to see Jared Goff and he's playing at an MVP level. Also, Ian Rappaport an hour ago, Raiders coach Josh McDaniels tells reporters Jimmy Garoppolo won't practice today with his back injury Not a good sign for his availability this weekend. So Rappaport's pretty good at this. Looking through all of it says, quote, not a good sign for his availability coming up this weekend. So that's the point of action the rest of the show. Vinny Bonsignor at the top of the hour. Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5. Later on, we got some Vegas Gold tonight uh, highlights that I want to play at some point in the show there and hear from you at 702-365-9200. And thanks to everybody who joined me last night on YouTube Live. Did a YouTube Live, had a bunch of people check in. We cut up a couple of videos from that. Uh, you can check it out if you go to YouTube, uh, JT the Brick YT, and on Instagram, JT the Brick Hits. I uh, really enjoyed that last night. 45 minutes that felt like 20 but no commercials, no breaks, in the house, sponsored by Modelo. Modelo with the fighting spirit, proud partner of this radio show, also new proud partner of my podcast on YouTube Live. When we come back, more on Hoyer. Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell? Thank God Chris called in, Bobby. would have got shut out today. I think the Raiders took the day off today. Not the team, but the fans. Quiet day in the Raider Nation. Do we win six yet? Are we 6-0? and oh? Man. Could have went for a swim today. Backyard brick. I got my A game. Let's get going. Let's fire up the Raiders on the road to Chicago.
The 2-1. Swung on, hit in the air. Right center field. That one is walloped. It is gone! Into the Phillies' bullpen. Second home run of the night for Kyle Schwarber. And the Phillies are on top three to nothing. Phillies on the call there. What a story. If you're following baseball, and I think a lot of people here in the Vegas Valley are, it's because of Bryce Harper, who's from Las Vegas. JT, back with you. Thanks to the Castaverde Law Group. You want to talk about local in Nevada, the job they do. If you get into an accident, 702-222-9999. I drive a lot more than I have in the past. I'm in Henderson three or four days a week on the Strip. There's a lot of accidents, a lot of cones, a lot of construction in town. The DeCastaverde Law Group knows all about it. They're in court. They're saving money. They're making money. They're helping out their clients who get into an accident. Any type of accident you get, slip and fall. But if you get in a truck accident, a car accident, a motorcycle accident, Alex DeCastaverde, good friend of ours, season ticket holder for the Raiders, he'll help you out, give you the best reputation, uh, representation you need as you go into court and get Get more money and get what you deserve. So I just played the Schwarber home run, which was amazing. This Philadelphia team, I've never seen a team that goes into the wild card round expecting to win the World Series. You know, a lot of times, in, remember when you win a wild card round, everybody pours champagne all over each other with goggles. I find that to be, it used to be lame. But now I don't think it's lame because you don't know if you're ever going to win again, ever. So if you get a chance to pour beer on your head, which I've been known to do, and put on goggles, why not? Have fun. These guys are all in their 20s, most of them, early 20s, mid-20s. So they want to have a good time. But not so much the Phillies. The Phillies believe that they're going to win the World Series. And when I looked at I went back and I made sure on my national show, I looked at the numbers for the Phillies. The Phillies trailed Atlanta by 14 games, not four. You know, you, you lose the division by two games, you figure, okay, we were just as good. We just, they, they lost the division by 14 games. And they're going to win the World Series, I think. I'd like to see Texas and Bruce Bochy. I'm an American League guy. But Philadelphia is incredible. And the Diamondbacks look like they're dead on arrival. They'll get an opportunity to go home and try to win in Phoenix. But I'm blown away by Philadelphia. They were 90-72. and 72. Their road record was only 41-40. and 40. They had a plus 81 differential. They scored 81 more runs than they gave up. Atlanta's differential was plus 231. I mean, two different teams. Atlanta was one of the great teams. In a long time, they won 104 games. And I wanted to play this other soundbite, Bobby, from uh, Andrew Friedman of the Dodgers. The Dodgers, let me find the Dodgers record for you. The Dodgers were 162 losses, 100 wins. They won the division over the Diamondbacks. By 16 games, not six, 16. And here's the guy who runs the Dodgers taking ownership. I think it's fair to say it's an organizational failure. It doesn't mean that there weren't successes and a lot of things to um, grab onto and a lot of special memories that were created throughout this summer that I think are real and happened and are meaningful. That being said, our goal was to win 11 games in October, and we didn't win one. So... We need to figure out what we can do differently um, and how to go about it. That's a great soundbite. They didn't win one playoff game. How many Dodger fans are listening to me right now? we got a big listening audience in the Bay, L.A., Vegas, and you Dodger fans, you didn't win one game? You didn't win one playoff game? How the hell did that happen? New York Raiders calling from New York City on the flagship of the Raiders. Go ahead. 
My man, JT, how you doing, man? Love your show. I listen all the time. Just can't call in as much. Well, thank you for calling from New York City because I don't have. I live in Vegas. I don't have one Vegas Raider fan. I think it's called in three or four days. So thank God my show's on in New York City on the app. I appreciate you. Go ahead. Hey, man, I'm going to be at the Chicago game, so I'm going to come look you up, man. I'm going to get there early and come look you up on Sunday. But I wanted to just talk a little bit about uh, about Jimmy G, man. And, you know, I think we all want – I want Jimmy G to do well. I'm a, I'm a Raiders fan. I want to see him do well. I want to see him have the same success that he had in other places. But he looks nervous in the pocket. He does look comfortable. And, and I listen to your show all during the summer talking about Jimmy G and how great this offense is going to be. But looking at him now, there's no zip on the ball mm-hmm. when he throws it. He's getting Devontae killed, all right, with these little short passes, no velocity. And so it, makes, it begs the question, like, who is the best quarterback to give the Raiders a chance to really surge now? You know, we got Detroit coming up. We got some big games coming up. And and I don't know if it's Foyer or, you know, O'Connell or whoever, but I think we're putting a lot of hope on Jimmy coming back, and he's been banged up, and we're not even halfway through the season. So that's what my concern is. So in some ways, I don't want anybody to get hurt, like you said. I agree with you on that. Don't want to see him get hurt. I want him to see him Uh get healthy. But this could be a blessing in disguise because maybe Hoyer, being the, the veteran that he is, maybe he could have a signature year for the next four or five games and get this offense going, man. We got, you know, over the summer we talked about how, how uh, elite this offense was going to be with all of these weapons, and we're not, we're not throwing the ball downfield. And I think that would help open up the running yes. game. If there's a threat, we can mm-hmm. throw the ball downfield. And we can start really owning some of these mm-hmm. games from an offensive perspective. So, right. I'm, 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 if Jimmy's not if Jimmy's not healthy, let him rest, and maybe let let's let Hoya get out there and see what what Hoya can okay. do. Because I think it's going to be like that all season. I, don't I think hope it's Jimmy's not going to play every. I hope not either. But the reality is, he hasn't looked good, and I don't. He may not look good. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping the coach McDaniel's can kind of see okay. that coming. And say, hey, I've got to, I've got to switch some things up. I can't run, you know, first mm-hmm. down. I'm, I'm running. We got you, my five. friend. I got to wrap it up and find me in Chicago and let me know anybody who's going there. Where's the tailgates? Are there any I Raider? See. If there, if there are any Raider parties out there, Raider bar takeovers and all that. Love to come. Love to know what's going on in Chicago. Spread the word. I don't think the black hole is going to be there or they're in full, full force in Chicago. So if you got a party in Chicago or anything happening, look forward to it. I love the city of Chicago. The easiest thing for me to do as a sports talk host is to praise or be critical of the quarterback. That's the easiest category in my work field and job title. Jimmy is open to criticism. He's not playing well this year. He's been banged up a lot. Let's hope he gets healthy and can go on his best run once he comes back. 